0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, everybody doing good today? All right. Glad you are here at The Rock of Gainesville today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, my man, Tom. Appreciate that, baby. And uh, thanks for being with us in this wonderful, wonderful place. And if you're watching online, thank you for being with us also. uh, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, thank you also for the opportunity to share the word today. Isn't it a beautiful day outside? Come on, somebody. Isn't it gorgeous weather? Wow, it's gorgeous weather. How many of you are so thankful for this beautiful weather and the beautiful green film that's on your car? Come on. <laughs> I, uh, I was snared by my words uh, this week because uh, I've kind of been bragging a little bit about how this pollen has not been bothering me. And, uh, and about two days ago, bam, it just went wild. And so I've been sniffling and sneezing and, and eyes watering and all the good stuff that comes with that. But, you know, there's a good side to that. I talked to a buddy of mine that's one of my dearest friends in the world. He lives in Iowa. And uh, yesterday it was like 80 degrees and I called him in Iowa and I think it was 42. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll put up with a little green stuff, won't you? All right. Okay, here, let's, do, let's get in the Word. Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to jump back into what we started with last week. Uh, character in chaos. Character in chaos. Now, I think, as I told you last week, I think all of us will agree that the day that we're living in and what we're walking through in 2021 is a very chaotic time. There's a lot of adversity. There's a lot of turmoil. There's just a chaotic uh, scene that's taking place in the world that we're living in. And what I'm concerned about, as I told you last week, I see how the world, how their character is showing up in chaos. I want to know how my character and your character is going to show up in chaos. I want to know how I'm going to conduct myself as an ambassador of God's kingdom and as a representative of Jesus Christ, I see what the world is doing. My question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle ourselves in a time of chaos and adversity? And last week I used the illustration in the background of a beautiful little girl by the name of Esther. And uh, what a phenomenal, don't you love that story? Come on somebody, talk to me now. I love the story of Esther and how she stood literally toe to toe with a corrupt king, with a corrupt administration, with a corrupt uh, society, and literally she stood there and with great character said this, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to do what's right. Come on now, I'm going to do what I am supposed to do. And so what we saw out of the conduct and the character of Esther was a tremendous example of the characteristic of courage. Today, I wanna use as a backdrop, my main man Moses. But I want to look at a particular time in the life of Moses. The very last chapter of the life of Moses. And what I wanna show you is as he has been dealing with chaos and adversity, he didn't handle it very well. And so what I want to show you and I today is what chaos listen to me now what chaos has the potential to do in your life and my life if we don't handle it well i want to show you how moses came literally to the last chapter of his life and you know he he didn't get into sin he didn't walk away from god but he just didn't handle a very key situation for himself And the nation of Israel. So I want to show you that as we get to the very last chapter of Moses' life. Here's the question Pastor Ron wants to ask all of us today Am I fit to continue fighting the good fight of faith? Or, like Moses, am I fatigued and weary in battle? Now think about it Am I fit? Am I strong? Am I working hard in the power of his might? And am I fit to fight the good fight of faith? Or am I fatigued and getting weary in well-doing and wanting to back out? Fit or fatigued? Fit or fatigued? And you know what, guys? You've heard me say this if you've been around here for a while, that one of the great tools of the enemy, Daniel chapter 7, One of the main tools of the enemy, listen to me, is the wearing down of the saints. Daniel chapter 7, the wearing down of the saints. And so I want to ask us the question as we find ourselves dealing with character in chaos, am I fit to keep fighting the good fight of faith or am I finding myself fatigued and weary in well-doing? Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20 is our background today. We're going to read it together. And I want you to look real closely, and I'm going to go kind of slow through this if you don't mind. I want you to look real closely at how this thing unfolds and the state of chaos that we see the nation of Israel in as we read Numbers chapter 20 together. Here we go. You ready? Are you ready? Say, I'm ready, PR. I am too. Here we go. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zen. Zen means place of dryness. How many know chaos will take you to a place of dryness if you don't handle it right? Zen means place of dryness. And they stayed at Kadesh and there Miriam died and was buried. So right out of the gate, right out of the gate, one of the leaders of the nation, one of the stalwarts of the nation dies and is buried. So right out of the gate, we're seeing a little hint of chaos going on. There, Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. Chaos number one. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, chaos number two. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here. Chaos number three. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? Chaos number four. It has no grain, it's got no figs, it's got no grapevines, excuse me. It's got no pomegranates, chaos number five. And there is no water to drink, chaos number six. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. And fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak. Everybody say it out loud. Speak. Speak. Say it one more time. Speak. Speak. to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded, and he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. He's not talking about Ole Miss either. Come on, somebody. Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. Somebody ought to just say, wow. He didn't speak, he struck it. Yep. Come on, say it one more. It. As Pastor, if Pastor George was, was here, here's what he would say. Say it backwards. Wow. 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 <laughs> if he was here, that's what he would say, wouldn't he? It's amazing, guys. And when I look at Numbers chapter 20, as I counted it off for you, chaos 1, 2, three, four, five, and six. One thing after another. So there is a, an extremely chaotic situation that the nation of Israel was facing. Now, here's what I want to show you. I want to show you the context of Numbers chapter 20. Here we go. Number one, Moses was very tired. Moses was tired, man. Now, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, Moses is tired? Come on, Moses is a superhero of the faith. This is a guy that stood at the burning bush. He literally stood there at Mount Sinai and got the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of the law. He stood on the banks of the Red Sea and watched them roll back so that an entire nation could walk across on dry land. He followed the Lord day in and day out, cloud by day, fire by night, leading an entire nation across a wilderness area. You're going to tell me, Pastor Ron, that Moses is tired? Yeah. He's been doing this, guys, for 40 years, day in and day out, leading a group of grumbling Israelites across a deserted land for 40 years, having to stir up enough faith having to stir up enough gumption and, and, and uh, faith to be able to walk through everything God is leading him in. So yeah, Moses was very tired. And you know what, guys? We get tired too. And we get tired for a whole lot less, don't we? We get tired for a whole lot less. When's the last time you walked into your backyard and talked to a rock? Come on, somebody. We get tired for a whole lot less. Now, listen to Pastor Ron, because I'm going to give you some good news. Just because you're tired, it doesn't mean you're weak. Just because I'm tired, it doesn't mean that I'm weak. What God is wanting to do is to find out this. Am I willing to continue to fight in the battle, or am I going to be fatigued and walk out? And long before God wants to heal your situation, he wants to heal your will. Long before he wants to change your circumstances, he wants to change your will. So yeah, Moses was tired. Number two, the frustration of the people was growing. Man, look at, just go back and, and run your mind back five minutes ago to Numbers chapter 20. Chaos After chaos, after chaos. And the sentiment of the nation of Israel was this You brought us out here to die. We don't have this, and we don't have that, and we don't have this, and we don't have that. And the frustration of the people continued to grow. Now, if you've been around here for a while, you've heard Pastor Ron teach this principle. If you haven't, I'll give it to you today. Frustration always leads to apathy. I get frustrated and I just want to quit. Look at the nation of Israel. They're in a place of frustration. What are they saying? Let's go back to Egypt. I, I quit. Let's just go back. And you know, my thought is, wait, hold on guys. Don't you remember what was going on in Egypt? Don't you remember that? You're standing up to your knees in the hot sun and mud making bricks and you're a slave don't you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Watch this now. Watch this now. I do remember that, but at least I knew what I had. Come on. At least I knew what I had, so just let me go back. So the frustration of the people was growing. Three, Kadesh is a past failure or a future promise. Look at the nation of Israel, guys. They literally are on the threshold. Kadesh was designed to be a reward from God for his people. And they literally are on the threshold of about to step in to God's reward. Chaos sets in, adversity sets in, and they're saying, I think I would just rather go back. Here's what chaos does to you and I, guys. Chaos causes us to forfeit God's best. It causes us to forfeit God's best if... We don't handle it properly. So what we gotta understand is Moses was tired just like you and I get tired. We get frustrated in the midst of chaos. We find ourselves literally on the threshold of walking into God's best or we walk away from it. Let me show you real quickly the three problems chaos has created in Numbers chapter 20. Number one, a familiar failure. You know what that means to you and I guys? We find ourselves so many times when chaos starts getting crazy and the day starts getting a little chaotic. We default, just like Israel, we default to what we've already known, we've already done, and places we've already been. In other words, here's how they say it. Can we just go back? Everybody say it out loud. Well, that that was pretty, hmm. Let me give you a hint. I want you to say back out loud. Ah, that sounded good. We want to go back, a familiar failure. Now, I want you to look at this, guys, real quickly, not just in the context of Moses. I want you to look at the context of Moses. I want you to look at the context of yourself, myself, and I want us to look at it in the context of 2021. The familiar failure, I want To go back. What are we doing in the United States in 2021? We want to go back. Guys, we're saying and doing the same thing culturally that we did in the 1960s. We're acting the same way we did in the late 70s. We're talking and and arguing and debating the same way we did in 1992. We're wanting to go back to a place that's familiar. Number two, fatalism. Am I ever going to get out of this? Did you bring us out here to die? Now think of it personally. Will I ever walk out? Will I am never going to walk out of this fatalistic feeling that I have because of the chaos my family is in? Fatalism. And then number three, fighting. Chaos will cause divisions in a day that we're living in. Look at what's going on, guys. Come on. Talk to Pastor Ron. Say, I hear you, PR. I hear you. Look at what's going on. We've got this section and we've got this group and we've got this organization and we've got this group together saying their opinion and everybody's saying different things, everybody believing that they're right and there's no coming together as a people. There is a division among the world that we're living in. Why? A chaotic day that's causing all kinds of separation. So three problems that chaos has created, a familiar failure. We go back to what? we're comfortable with. Number two, fatalism. Am I ever going to get out of this thing that I'm feeling and then fighting, arguing, debating, and that was the same thing Israel was doing. Look guys, I've got Israel. These people have walked together for 40 years and they've been able to move forward. Now they get to the right on the threshold and they're arguing and fighting and debating and they're accusing leadership. And they're just on the threshold of walking into God's best. And all this is going on because of the chaotic adversal, adversity that they're walking through. Three problems that chaos has created. Here's what I got to understand. Familiar failure, fatalism, or fighting. I can go there if I want, but here's where I want to go. How I conduct my life and stress and chaos will define my next season. How I handle myself right now, how I deal with the adversity of the day, how I deal with the stress and the turmoil and the tension that I'm under is going to define how I walk in to my next season. You know what, guys? I can't control. Listen to Pastor Ron. You got to get this right here. I can't control everything that comes into my life, but I can control what I magnify. Right. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Amen. I can't control everything that comes into my life, but I can control what I make big or not. Come on now. I can control what I make large. I can control what I make important. I may not be able to control all the chaos that society deals me, but I can control myself By the fruit of the Spirit, self control, right? Come on, somebody. I can control myself by self control. It is one of the fruit of the Spirit. You know that. Well, I don't know if I have a lot of self control. Well, guess what? It's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. It comes as a cluster. If you got one, you got them all. Come on now. That was good. That was good right there. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm glad. You know, I I got love. I got joy. I got peace. I got patience. I got kindness. Uh, But that's self-control. I'm not very good at that. If you got one, you got them all. We just don't exercise it under the power of the Spirit of God. You got one, you got them all. So I may not be able to control everything that comes into my life, but I can control what I make large or not. All right, lessons from fatigue. Let's learn something this morning. Say, I came to learn today. I came to learn. Today. I'm glad you did. Here we go. Lessons from fatigue. Number one: Listen to your Creator over your critics. You know Moses has been great at this. And now all of a sudden he's listening to that critical voice, and there's a lot of critical voice in the nation of Israel right now. Watch this, here we go, Numbers chapter 20, verse five. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? Look at, the, look at the critical voice that's shouting out loud here. It's got no grain, it's got no figs, it's got no grapevines, it's got no pomegranates, it's got no Wi-Fi, it's got no Starbucks, it's got no Diet Coke, it doesn't even have Coke Zero, and I can't stand those things, but if they had one, I would drink it, and it's got no water to drink. It's got no oxtails. Oh! Talk to me, Annabelle. Huh? Listen to the critical voice, man. It's got, we don't have anything. We don't have anything. We don't have anything. Let me tell you real quickly what chaos will do. Chaos will cause you and I to forget the power of God's past. And what he has done, he will do again because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So where you've been, he's going to bring you through because he's got somewhere he wants you to go. I'm going to preach right now. Mm. But I've, in, in order to get there, In order to get there, i got to listen to the voice of my Creator, not my critics. Even Moses, Moses finds himself listening to the voice of the critic. Now look at the pattern of Moses' life for years and years and years. Here's the pattern of the life of Moses. He saw a problem, he went to the presence of God, he acted in precise obedience. That's the pattern of the life of Moses for years and years and years and years. And now what is he doing? He's listening to the voice of the critic. And it's causing him to react as a result of the chaos it also creates. Hey, let me ask you a question today. What are the sources of criticism in your life? What are the sources of criticism that you find yourself having to deal with? We all do, come on, say I got you PR. We all all do. It's whether or not we deal with them in a particular manner, in a particular way, which would be the right way. What are the sources of criticism? Here they are, number one, culture. Culture says you don't fit in. Your pedigree is not good enough. Your, your, Your background just don't measure up. Your pedigree ain't right. Your family tree is full of sap. Come on, somebody. Culture says you don't fit in. Let me remind you what I said last week to you, and we may say this a few more times before we end up today. You are who he says you are. I ain't worried about what culture says that I am. I am what he says I am. So culture may say you don't fit in. Family. Family. We fall short of expectations. Probably one of the biggest ones that most of us deal with in this room today. I know I did. I grew up with Senior Master Sergeant Sherman A. Hyatt, who was a perfectionist until I was probably 17 years old. I never did enough that was good enough. Not because my dad didn't love me. I shouldn't have gone down this road. It's okay. There's nobody I love more than my dad after he got saved. But <laughs> until he got saved, we were oil and water, man. We were oil and water. I loved him and he loved me. I know that he loved me. But we were oil and water. And so we find ourselves, our family situation dealing with falling short of family expectations. I'm gonna tell your story. Can I tell your story? Yes, sir. Do I have your permission? Yes, Not a whole lot you can do about it now, baby, so what are you gonna? To... <laughs> man, as I tell this, and I look out there at my man Robert Van Tassel, Robert, wave at everybody, so we know who, you're talking, who we're talking about. As I tell this, I, I've been ministering to my man Robert for five, seven years, sitting in my office talking. Pastor Suzanne's been ministering to Stephanie. And you know, what I have seen in you guys' life over the past couple of years has been, I would say probably a highlight of ministry. <laughs> because what I've seen is God take a, a, a family, a couple that quite honestly, guys, I didn't give them two weeks. When they, How long you guys have been here? 10 years. What, that long? <laughs> I've been putting up with you for 10 years. When they came in here 10 years ago, I didn't give them two weeks. I didn't give them two weeks. 10 years later, here they sit and God doing some incredible things in their lives. And as Robert has sat in my office time and time and time again, what I have heard come out of his heart is the feeling of not measuring up specifically in the eyes of his father. And there have been so many times of frustration, so many times of hurt, so many times of pain that it came to a head last Thanksgiving, did it not? Came to a head last Thanksgiving. And he came to my office just before Christmas holidays and said, Pastor Ron, I'm done. I'm writing them off. I'm finished with them. I'm gonna take care of my family here in Gainesville. I don't have anything to do with them anymore and I'm going to be just fine. I'm finished with them. And I said, whoa, slow your roll, big dog let's kind of ease up a little bit and let's give God a chance and let's begin to pray and let's ask God to intervene on your behalf into the heart of your father and see what God will do. So Christmas holidays, Christmas holidays, they went to the redneck Riviera, the panhandle of Florida. When they walked into the house, Robert's dad walked up to him with a letter repenting for everything he had done and stating everything he wanted to do from this way forward and from this life forward to develop a relationship. And I, and I sat there thinking, I've, I've sat in my office talking to you about the things that you walked through and the things that you faced and the things that you've had to deal with just two weeks ago. I'm the black sheep of my family. No, you're not. You are redeemed and white as snow in the eyes of Jesus Christ made new. And what has happened, guys, what has happened is what this thing right here calling family sh- falling short of expectations, under the power of God, generational bondages are broken in Jesus' name. And i tell you what, if you're right here and you can say, I can relate to that PR, I can relate to that PR, I can relate to that PR, I feel this and I feel this and I feel this, I can relate to PR, Jesus is setting you free right now in God's name. Raise your hands and receive it. Raise your hands and receive it. Yeah. Jesus is setting me free right now in Jesus' name. He's setting me free right now in Jesus' name. And there is a new level of confidence that's coming into your life. And then number three, got to hurry up. Number three, self. Sources of criticism, culture, family, and self. I don't measure up. My own self-image and my own self-worth. I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Guys, let me tell you something. If the enemy is attacking your self-worth, put yourself in good category because he did the same thing to Jesus. If you are the son of God, then cause those stones to break. It's an attack against our self-image, our self-worth. When Barbara and I were youth pastors about a million years ago, we had a little girl in our youth group. Her name was Leslie. And I loved her to death. Man, God brought her into our youth ministry. She got saved. She ended up going to Southeastern. She's in full-time ministry today. And she came into my office one day and she said, Pastor Ron, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I gotta write a paper. And I'm a terrible writer. And I'm not a good student. I'm failing this class. I don't have any imagination. There's no way I'm gonna be able to do this. I just cannot write this paper. I just am not smart enough. And I said, hold on, Leslie. Let Pastor Ron help you for just a second. What is the paper about? She said, how to have a good (laughs) self-image. It's what we convince ourselves, guys, and we convince ourselves of the things that the enemy wants us to believe. Listen to Pastor Ron. Never give more time to a critic than you would give to a friend. We spend all of our time trying to convince a critic, love me, accept me, let me on your side, let me be on your team, believe in me, agree with me. We spend all kinds of time and energy trying to convince a critic. Hey, Jesus didn't do it. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said, if you go into a place and they don't accept you, shake the dust off your sandals and get out of Dodge. Somebody join Pastor Jamie and give the Lord an ovation of praise. So what's the question? Do you know what God says about you? You are who he says you are. Lessons from fatigue, number two. Here we go. Oops, sorry. Lessons from fatigue. Deal with anger before you act. Yes, that's a big one. Y'all want me to go on to number three? (laughs) (laughs) You want me to go ahead and go on to number three? Deal with anger before you act. Look at Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in the front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Deal with anger before you act. Now, let me ask you a question. Why was Moses so angry? Anger was his... Familiar failure. What's the first time we see Moses in Scripture? He's a murderer out in the desert hiding. It was his familiar failure. So here he is again dealing with chaos. He's tired, he's worn out, and that whole concept of anger was starting to rise up again. If I'm honest with you for just a second, will you still love me? Are you sure? That's my familiar failure. That's my familiar failure. Anger. Guys, I'm Irish on one side and Cajun on the other. I don't, I don't get mad. I burst into flames. And I had such a spirit of anger growing up, a lot of pent up anger because as I said, before my dad got saved, it just wasn't always an enjoyable atmosphere. And so I had a lot of pent up anger. And what would happen is that anger would eventually explode. And one time it exploded into a situation that wasn't very pretty. And I drew a proverbial line in the sand. And I said, from this point on, you can make me angry, but you cannot make me mad. Mad has the ability of crossing a line into something that's out of control. He has gone mad. And I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going there anymore. Anger was his familiar failure. Number two, he grew tired of trusting. And again, we've talked about this a little bit, but let me go there one more time. He grew tired of trusting. For 40 years, he's been having to trust God, day in and day out. I've gotta trust God for direction. I've got to trust God for food. I've got to trust God for water. I've got to trust God for salvation. I've got to trust God for help. I've, you know, guys, we, we get frustrated when we're trying, come on now, we, we grow tired in trying to do things, and we're talking about Moses getting tired and saying, come on, this is a superhero of the faith, and he was tired? He was leading three million Israelites across the desert. We get tired when we've got to get our three kids in the car to go to school. He's having to trust God for food. He's having to trust God for chicken to fall out of the sky. Come on, somebody. And it, it wasn't into that baked stuff. Come on now. Deep fried, baby. He's waiting for that stuff to fall out of the sky. He's having to trust God. We get upset when we've got to take the time in the course of a week to call the exterminator to come spray our house. He's got snakes biting people across the desert. He was tired of trusting. Tired of trusting. It just, after 40 years, and here, let me, now listen. What does chaos do when we grow tired of trusting? Here we, here what's ha- here's what happens. When we get tired of trusting, As a result of chaos, our options expand. We're looking for a way out. So what do I have to do when I find myself getting tired of trusting what I have to do? I have to increase my focus because when I increase my focus, my options decrease. If your eye is single, therefore your whole body is full of light. If my eye is focused, my whole body is full of light. So here's the question. What familiar failure does God want to trust you with? We talked a lot about this last week. You are who he says you are. Lessons from fatigue number three. Submit to God even in the small commands. Even in the small commands. Look at Numbers chapter 20, and I'm almost done. Submit to God even in... In the small commands, Numbers chapter 20, here we go. Take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak, everybody say it again. Say it one more time. Speak Speak to that rock and before the eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And then Moses raised his arms and struck, everybody say struck. Struck the rock twice with his staff. And water did gush out and the community and their livestock drank. Submit to God, obey to God, even in the small commands. If I don't stop and read that, I overlook it real quick because I focus on the result. Thank God for the result. But there was a way God wanted to use to get them to that result. What happens when chaos takes place? What happens when adversity comes in your life? What happens when trouble takes place in your life? What do we do? I want to get out of it so I take the quickest shortcut I can find. And God says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You don't have to take the shortcut. I'm leading you through. I'm taking you where you need to go. I'm walking with you. You don't have to take the shortcut. Just do what I ask you to do as I ask you, regardless of how long it takes. Why? Because he is a faithful God. Look at this quote by Craig Rochelle. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome Is God's responsibility. As we learn, I love this right here, as we learn to trust Him with our future, trust Him as our provider, and trust His sovereign plan. We talked about that last week. Not only is He in control, He's in charge. Trust His sovereign plan that gives us a foundation to step out in faith because we learn He is always faithful. He is always faithful. Come on, give the Lord an ovation because of his faithfulness. Come on, don't play patty Give Jesus praise today. He is always faithful. And so what I learned is this guys, I may, I may not always. Matter of fact, I can pretty much guarantee this. I'm probably not always going to handle chaos adversity, tension, and turmoil, I'm probably not always going to handle it right. Moses didn't handle it right. He wasn't evil. He wasn't in sin. He didn't didn't just blow everything for the past and present of the nation of Israel. But he didn't handle it right. And here's what takes place. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me in enough trust in me enough, sorry to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. Moses didn't handle it right. He missed out. Was his life over? No. Was the life of the nation of Israel over? No, they still went into the promised land. Moses missed out on the leadership, but they still went into the promised land. Why? Because as I told you a minute ago, he's always faithful. He's always faithful. And here's the beautiful principle that I want to leave you with as we wrap up today. Even in correction, God is filled with loving grace. Give Jesus praise. Come on. Even in correction. He's filled with loving grace. He had to correct some things, but the nation of Israel still moved forward. He's had to correct the church. That's you and me, but the church of Jesus Christ still moves forward. Still moves forward. Regardless of the chaos, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the tension, regardless of the culture, The church of Jesus Christ still moves forward. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your wonderful grace, your wonderful power, and your wonderful love today. And Father, I do thank you that even when we mess up, the grace of God has the ability to bring us back on a proper path. Father, I understand as we've talked a lot about today, chaos has that ability to have that effect on us. Adversity has us the ability to look for an out. And so Jesus, right now, I pray over people that are going through that chaotic day and they're tired, they're weary, they're fatigued. And what's coming out of their heart are the words that we've talked about a little while ago. I just want to go back saying, I want to give up. I want to cash it in, I want to quit. I want out of this. So right now in Jesus name, Lord, I just ask that you will touch their heart and their life Strengthen them with that wonderful wind of God that gets up under their sails and causes them to walk upright to the destiny that you have for them. So, Father, I just pray right now, if there's those that are here that are fatigued, they're tired, they're weary, they're hurting, they're in pain, they want to cash it in, touch their heart and their life right now in Jesus' name. If you're here, nobody's looking around for just a second. If you're here today, and say, Pastor Ron, that's me. That's me. Chaos, trouble, difficulty, tension. It's just kind of worn me out. And I am, I am weary in well-doing. I'm still doing the, the well-doing, but I'm weary in well-doing. And I need that extra oomph that extra from God's Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead can come alive in you right now, in Jesus' name. And you would say, Pastor Ron, I'm tired. I'm weary. Please pray for me. Put your hand up right where you are. Hold it up real high, just a second. Just for a second. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, raise both hands. Come on, everyone, just receive this. Receive this from the Lord right now. Raise both hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive your gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And I pray for these that have their hands raised right now. Father, I am so thankful that you've not turned your back on them. You know what's going on in their life. You know what they're walking through. You know the weariness of their day. And you know where that weariness is coming from, Lord. And so I just pray right now in Jesus' name, first of all, for you to just encourage them in their spirit. Build them up with a spirit of confidence. Build them up in a spirit of faith. Build them up in a spirit of life. Build them up in a spirit of understanding that even though the day is challenging, God is walking you through it step by step. And then, Father, in Jesus' name, whatever that adversity is, I just take authority over it right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over it right now, and I pray over you. Here's what I'm declaring over you right now, that I'm praying that you will have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so that you may focus on the hope of your calling, not the problem of the adversity. So wisdom and understanding and knowledge of Jesus is coming into your life right now and so that adversity that challenge that hurt that pain it's getting it's getting blurred it's getting blurred why because the mighty right hand of God is wiping it away in Jesus name it's wiping it away in Jesus name and strength is coming to you strength is coming to you say this out loud i am strong come on say it like you mean it i am strong say it like you mean it i am strong in the power, power of His might. His. Amen. Come on. Give Jesus praise today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.